This is WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. Coming up next, Art on the Air, with your host, Rob Hessler. This is an hour-long interview program dedicated to the visual arts. Each week we feature guests in conversation about their theory, practice, and current projects, as well as the state of the visual arts. On this week's episode, we've got a long-form interview with Jennifer Moss. She's one of the co-owners of Sulphur Studios, as well as a fiber artist. Her exhibition, Marked, Rusted Wovens is currently on view at the Cultural Arts Center Gallery here in Savannah. We've also got a field note from Green Truck Pub with Kench Lot Weathers. His new project, The Existens, is currently on view in the drive-through art box. So let's get started with another episode of Art on the Air. Here's your host, Rob Hessler. And this is Art on the Air. It is Wednesday at 3 o'clock if you're listening to the live show. And I am your host, Rob Hessler. As you heard in the intro, yes, we've got a great show lined up for you today. I have Jennifer Moss with me here. How's it going, Jennifer? Good. Hello. So glad to have you. And, um, and we're going to be talking about all about marked rusted wovens her exhibition that's currently on view over at the cultural arts center gallery and of course as i mentioned as well we spoke with kench lot weathers and his new piece over at the drive through art box at green truck pub is really impressive and uh, i really like what kench has been doing so it's it's a it's great to catch back up with him and um I think you guys are really going to like his piece. It's going to be up for a while, so you can you can drive by and um, and take a look at that. It's uh, it's it's very unique. It's unlike many of the other boxes that have been sort of very enclosed. Kench has created a sculpture which actually goes outside of the box and has used the box as a sort of light box. So it's a really interesting piece, and um, and really Kench has been kind of blowing up. So. We're gonna talk to him. We'll play that interview at the end of the show. But first we've got Jennifer Moss and now all of you who are listening out there probably know who Jennifer is and so we're not gonna do a usual bio like I would with Jennifer and we're gonna just kind of, I'll give a couple uh, you know, quick notes of course. Jennifer is a fiber artist and has a studio at Sulphur Studios because she is one of the founders of Sulphur Studios and that's at 2301 Bull Street. We talked about that, her role in founding Sulphur, well, I don't know what, Jennifer, what was that like, two years ago, maybe? I think, yeah, one of the first shows. <laughs> one of the first shows, uh, yeah, about two years ago, so you might know something, and I'm sure 
if you go in through the, there's the two entrances to Sulphur, the main lower gallery area, um, and there's the one on the right and the one on the left. If you go in the one on the left side, the space right next to the OnView residency location, Jennifer's studio is on the right side there. So you've probably seen her works in the hallway and you've probably seen Jennifer plenty of times if you've been over to Sulphur Studio. So it's a really interesting, we're in a really interesting circumstance here because we're doing an interview for an exhibition that's up and people can still go see, but we're in a situation where there's coronavirus and kind of everybody is urged to stay inside. So it's a really unique situation to have an art exhibition. You've already had the opening reception. Right. The works look great. Thanks. Why don't we talk, just kind of give us the idea, what is the show all about? Let's talk about the show first. Sure. So the the body of work that's in the show is wovens, which is why it's called Rusted Wovens. I weave cloth here on my loom in the studio using a variety of natural fibers and steel wire. And I'm embedding that steel wire in specific areas of the cloth as I'm creating it so that when it's finished, I can spray it with salt water and that wire will start to rust. And so different patterns will emerge in the cloth as that rust starts to appear. Um, I work with a lot of traditional patterning and a lot of my compositions are those patterns starting to break up or erode. I'm interested in a lot of natural processes and natural forms. Um, and so this is kind of an overview of this body of work from the past about two years. Some pieces brand new, just finished last month, and some that are from um, about 2017. That's interesting because, you know, I've been following your work for a long time, and I know that you've shown some of the rusted woven pieces before, and they start to, they very much change over time. And I think that's something that's so fascinating about these pieces talk about those older pieces because I know some of them like kind of like started to fall apart and you've had to sort of adjust your process a little bit. Yeah well the original body of work I used this process on was actually my thesis um, work that I was doing when I was a uh, grad student at SCAD and those pieces were designed to fall apart and that was part of the process to see how long that that would take what kind of transformation they would go through and in about 18 months, they got to the point that they just couldn't even hold their own weight. If I had wanted to show them, they couldn't because they would just have fallen apart when you held them up. But so for this newer body of work, I wanted to think more about the transformation and the way these patterns are emerging and changing, but not necessarily to have them fall apart. And so this body of work, the wire is all supplemental, which is a term we use in weaving, but it just means that if that thread or wire wasn't there, the body of the cloth would still remain. Mm. And so as these continue to rust and and they can get to the point where all that wire is kind of basically converting into iron oxide, it's basically converting into pigment, which is often trapped in the fabric. It sometimes does kind of fall out of the fabric into a kind of fine dust, but it's the fabric itself is not going to fall apart. So these pieces will remain, you know, for years or decades to come, but the color may change and where that color is appearing will change. Well, so you're pretty well invested here in Savannah at this mm -hmm. point. And what I think is cool is like people that can, can go see this exhibition now that's at the Cultural Arts Center. And some of these are pretty fresh. And I saw and we posted up a number of these images up on the Art on the Air Facebook page. And, you know, kind of look, looking at some of them have just the faintest hint of any change whatsoever. Some a little bit more than that. Like you said, there's some that go back to 2017. So they're showing more of that. But people can see these pieces and then like 
who knows, maybe you show them again five or ten years, or maybe somebody buys them, and it'll change, it'll like, to me, it'll, I mean, as somebody who's really interested in observing them, like, it will be a different piece in a lot of ways, which is super interesting to me. Thanks, yeah, and that's what I hope that if people do want to purchase them or, you know, show them again, that that's, then embracing that as part of, you know, the, the process and the piece. Well, let's talk about this and doing an exhibition in general at the Cultural Arts Center because, you know, it's it's the space is very new and, you know, we're kind of just getting ramped up with people showing there. And, and so I've been really looking forward to your exhibition here. But it's a different kind of space because, you know, the works aren't for sale. It's really meant to just show work. So, like, that doesn't mean that those works won't potentially sell, but it's like you're putting together an exhibition that is really meant as an experience for the viewer to go and look at rather than a more commercial style gallery where people are going in and purchasing work. Over the last couple of years, you seem to be doing pretty well with the sales. You've been you know, showing in other various galleries, you've been selling at Sulphur Studios, you've been selling in other places, um, you know, to, to be perfectly honest with our listeners here. I've bought a couple of your pieces, Gretchen and I, my wife and I have bought a couple of your pieces. So you've been doing work that has been commercially viable. I know you did some really large pieces recently that were a com- it was a commercial project for you. Talk about that difference because it really is, you know, it's a bit of a change in some ways to do a show that's really like just for showing good work and not necessarily like you're not really thinking about, well, I'm with going in with an expectation of making sales. Right. I think that a lot of times, except for the, obviously the commission pieces, I don't that often go in with, to any show, um, with the like expectation of I'm going to sell this much or, um, I've never really been at that point that I could do that. Um, my work does tend to sell, but over like a period of time, you know, I think a lot having the studio at Sulphur Studios, being able to invite the public in and talk to them has actually been the best way for me to have sales. Um, so it's not so much ever that I'm like, okay, this is how much it's going to sell. or But these rusted wovens in particular are something that, I mean, I would love for them to sell to the right person, someone who really loves and understands the process as much as I do. But I don't think of them as much as the commercial pieces. They're the work that I'm just most excited about making and seeing what happens with them and the change of them. Um, I am very fortunate to have um, some recent larger commissions. I'm also very fortunate to um, have, you know, a teaching position. So I'm able to do the work that I want to do without necessarily worrying about when it's going to sell. I do hope that these sell eventually and we find the right person that's going to match, but it is more about, you know, sharing the experience and having people be able to look at them in the space. For those of you just joining us, you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. I am your host, Rob Hessler, and our in-studio guest this week is Jennifer Moss. Her exhibition of Rusted Wovens is currently on view at the Cultural Arts Center Gallery. Moreover, though, I want to kind of talk about, I think at this point you have a lot of opportunities as far as like where you can show work. And I'm interested in why did you decide to present this project to the Cultural Arts Center specifically? Yeah, you know, when they first opened and they had the first call for artists, I was kind of thinking about it, but I was in the middle of kind of presenting a show in St. Louis and wasn't really sure. Um, after it opened up and I got to see the space, it's a beautiful space. The size of it is really nice. There's beautiful tall ceilings, very open space, still very new, very kind of clean. Um, 
And you know, in all honesty, the walls are not white, which is unusual I for know, a gallery. <laughs> I know. They're off-white. They they're work just, really well with your They coloring. are just slightly off-white, which, um, you know, for this particular body of work, the Rusted Wovens, I actually, the gallery in St. Louis also had off-white walls, and I was like, you know, it would be a, a nice kind of presentation for it. And I, you know, I've had some ideas for a couple of large pieces in the Rusted Woven um, style that I hadn't had a chance to really make just because I didn't know where they would get to be shown and kind of just making them and having them in my studio didn't really make sense. So <laughs> right. when I kind of was able to see the space and there's, you know, three very large walls, um, I was like, okay, there's this one piece I've been wanting to make. I knew I wanted to make something that was, you know, several, you know, it's 12 feet long is what it ended up being. Um, I knew I wanted to make something that was kind of that large and, and just up to that point, I hadn't um, displayed anywhere that had like a running wall length that that was quite that much. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. um, so my newest piece that I, I did just finish in, um, early February, um, was the, um, erosion number two and it's, you know, 12 feet long. It's 48 inches tall where it's woven, but it has these long kind of fringe that actually brings it to almost 96 um, inches tall. And it was just a really nice to be able to have that wall space to be able to do that piece in particular. Right. And you know, I, I love that you say that because you know, I do love that gallery space too. You know, people might think it's not, it's not like a, it's, it's unique. It's not a square, mm -hmm. you know, it is a, it's an interesting and strange shape, which I think actually works really well with the work that you do. Yeah. It, like it fits, it feels like it, it's meant to show work that is maybe not as typical as what you would sort of expect. I'm thinking of the recent Freedom Now exhibition that was there that your Silver Studios cohort, mm -hmm. uh, AJ put together, AJ Perez, and there were some two-dimensional works on the walls but what was really cool was the there were some really big pieces by henry dean and there were some sculptures in there too and it it almost felt like it invited more eclectic style than maybe a typical like white wall square box kind of gallery and i, I really thought i think you do a, i think your show does a great job of utilizing the unique features of the space thanks yeah so um Let's talk a little bit about the show, though, is that, you know, of course, you had the opening and people are listening to this now. The opening has already passed and, um, you know, it was great to go. And, you know, I was able to attend the opening with my with my little one and, and my <laughs> wife. It was great to attend the opening. But we're in a weird situation here because, of course, the coronavirus and people are rightly taking precautions about going out and doing a lot of stuff. So you have an exhibition during a time when people aren't supposed to go out and see stuff. Right. Let's talk about that. I mean, how do you feel about that? You know, and it's because uh, things are just constantly developing. I haven't really had a chance to reflect. Um, I was actually in the space this morning. I met someone there that hadn't been able to be at the reception. And at the moment, the space is still open. Um, so if that continues to be the case, it is a very large open space with hard, clean surfaces that, you know, one or two people could easily go in and see the show and not be that close to each other and not maybe be at that big of a risk, hopefully. I mean, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. obviously we need to keep just kind of following the recommendations. Um, so I think that for now, if hopefully people can go see the space, you know, and I have, actually, like I said, met people there. I At the moment, there is an artist talk scheduled for March 28th, but Ooh. I am 
it has not been canceled yet, but I am assuming it will be. Um, but we will know more about that soon, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll let our listeners know yeah. about that when that comes up. <laughs> um, but, you know, for a one-on-one, you know, discussion, I could, you know, even be available. If people wanted to email me and have a chat in the gallery, we could meet there and stand three feet apart and <laughs> talk about the art <laughs> for as long as we're allowed to, you know. Well, we're laughing, but it's really not, you know, it's not, it is a, a it's a serious thing, and we're... You know, and I think this kind of can dovetail into a bit of a broader discussion in that, you know, you're, as I mentioned in the intro and as people know, is that you play, you're one of the three co-owners of Sulphur Studios and you guys do a lot of shows over town. And so, you know, there is a huge social aspect of viewing art. Art receptions are naturally gatherings of, you know, now the CDC recommends no gatherings of more 50 people or over 50 people and you know i haven't been to a first friday where there aren't more than 50 right. people in <laughs> sulfur studios yeah so it's it's kind of an interesting thing like you know how do we react and i don't know that there's a really good example i know on a personal level i had a uh, an exhibition over at the old cultural arts center on henry street a couple of years ago and there was a hurricane evacuation and so my i was set to have an opening reception and a panel discussion. And then the, so that was like, there was this, are we going to evacuate? Storm's coming, storm's coming, storm's coming. And it kind of felt similar in that waiting to see what's going to happen. Uncertainty sort of situation did end up getting canceled and we, you know, had to evacuate and all of that. But it's like, I think the uncertainty is, well, it's uncertain. I don't even know how to feel about it. Right. Yeah, and I think that's why we're just, at Sulphur, we're just kind of taking things one day at a time. Yeah, I think that receptions will probably not happen like they have been. Um, We are planning on going ahead with some of our scheduled shows as long as the recommendations for the CDC match that. So that people, again, could come in an afternoon, a few people at a time could still come and see the exhibitions that we're planning. We probably will not be doing receptions with food and drink out and in large gatherings of people. But hopefully that if it's still okay for you to go out and, you know, be in a public space, but just not in a crowd of people to be able to see the show in an afternoon. Um, you know, and another thing that we've been doing for a while is having our exhibitions online at the satellite mm-hmm. galleries. So Sulphurstudios.org. Yeah, at sulphurstudios.org. And it's actually under a purchase art because the whole kind of idea is that you could view the work at the Sentient Bean or you could view the work at Starland Cafe. But the people who are working there, their job is not to sell the art, so you can purchase the art through sulfurstudios.org. And, you know, thinking about maybe being able to move some of our other exhibitions online um, is something that we've talked about, you know, but again, we're just taking things kind of one day at a time and seeing what each of the next steps are. Um, We're closed this week anyway for, um, it was going to be spring break, (laughs) and um, we don't have anything scheduled anyway this weekend. Um, we are installing the um, Educator Spotlight exhibition. Yeah, right. Which is featuring um, 15 local art educators, K-12 through educators. That show is scheduled to run through April 11th. And so we're going to hang the show, and we're hoping that our doors will be open through April 11th. Um, yeah, and I was really interested in that exhibition, yeah. actually. I That was something that I was I found fascinating because it's... it's you know, it's educators who are not... It's not college. A lot of the people we have on art on the air are people who are college professors and or you know they're artists and they're college professors is sort of their job or whatever as well and so I was really fascinated by that because it's a totally different beast Mm -hmm. so I was really interested in that show yeah 
Oh, maybe I'll come by when there's nobody else going to be around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, come by and see it. Well, it's interesting, though, because, like, well, I should say this. For those of you who are just joining us or you're listening into Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org, we are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. I am Rob Hessler, your host, and my in-studio guest this week is Jennifer Moss. Her exhibition of Rusted Wovens is on view now at the Cultural Arts Center Gallery. Uh, and that's when? Is that through April? The f- We don't know now, right? <laughs> it could be whatever. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I actually don't have my contract in front of me. I'm, I'm taking it down very early April, but the exact day I cannot right. remember. So basically for the rest of the month. The, it now, is. It's up to Assuming the, end of the, month. the things yeah. work out well. Yeah. I'm just sort of like, what do we do though? Like as artists, you know, I'm, I have to admit, like I have, so I'm the kind of artist who is very much, um, schedule oriented, you know, because it's like, you know, I am not fortunate enough to just work on my art whenever I want. I mean, I have to like do other jobs to sustain myself. It's not like I can make an income off of it. I make some, but it's not a, it's not a career. It doesn't provide me with enough money to just do that all the time. So, but all of those other jobs I was doing to sustain myself are basically kind of coming, becoming less solid and they're certainly changing. I know as an art professor, your, your classes have now all gone online for the rest of the semester. So that's changed things a lot. I mean, I'm kind of thinking like this might be a time when there's a lot of art getting made here in Savannah. I don't know. I mean, what are your plans here? Yeah, I mean, right. My job is going online. Um, I'm going to be, you know, a little bit more possibly flexible of a schedule, but I think it's actually going to take more time, you know, especially because it's a new process for me. Um, But yeah, I think I'm planning on making as much art as I can in the next two months and, you know, seeing what comes out of this. Um, You know, fortunately, I have my studio here. It's private. I can do a lot of work that I do at home as well. And um, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting to reflect on this, you know, and it might be the sort of thing that for some interesting summer exhibitions or fall exhibitions to really kind of like, you know, what did you make during the, the quarantine? What, I you know, mean, really? it might be a really interesting thing to, for us to, to look back on and, and kind of see what everyone's responses are. And exactly, it's just so new. I just, I just don't know. But, yeah. I mean, I wonder like if other people are in the same boat as me was like, I kind of don't know what to do with myself. Like I, you know, like like am I actually going to have more time I don't really know like what is how is it going to be like you know I'm working on a project right now with Becca Cook and we're we're we've been talking about like what are we going to how are we going to approach this situation our exhibition is supposed to be in May actually at the Cultural Arts Center so it's like you know we're sort of we've been talking about like how do we want to approach it we're we have to kind of assume that it's going to happen but we don't know what the situation is going to be and we had some fundraising plan but maybe some of that is inappropriate given the circumstances that they are now so how do we how are we going to do it and we're just like well we're just we'll start making some art together like let's just do something else because we can't do what we were originally planning on but that's not really my style I gotta tell you (laughs) (laughs) well but I do think that's something that I think artists are really good at is kind of adapting to their environment taking it in and reacting to it and I know every time I'm kind of forced into 
almost kind of feel like I'm forced into a corner, it, it drastically changes what I'm doing and how I'm, you know, reacting and something new comes out of it. So it's not comfortable by any means. No, I but, feel totally uncomfortable. Right? It's very, very <laughs> uncomfortable. But I think that in the end it can be, you know, a, an opportunity. I, you know, I hope. Well, so like every sporting event has been canceled, right? Yeah. And then, you know, like a lot of cultural events have, obviously we just had St. Patrick's Day and, and though people still came into town, a lot of the events associated with it were canceled. I know some upcoming other cultural events are being canceled and will continue to be canceled. And it could even be worse. It could even, even more so that could be. So like I, there's a lot of, a lot of people are going to have a lot of time. And I always talk about this. I've mentioned this many times on the radio show, how, how everybody is an artist when you're four years old. Mm-hmm. So like when you're a kid, you like everybody makes art and then you kind of unlearn art. You be, you get involved in doing other things. Maybe all these people, these <laughs> sports fans and like the people who are, you know, would be going out to like the, the pub crawl. Maybe they'll be at home making art. What do you say? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do think that people are going to find, you know, hopefully more activities that they yeah that they can do at home and that they want to do at home and um i mean i think yeah it's like i said it's, it's like things are changing so fast but i think it could be a really great opportunity and and i think that the online teaching thing is really fascinating it's uncomfortable it's very new for me but i think that again there's a lot of opportunities for that and for people to possibly take some online classes and whatever they're interested in you know whether it's mm-hmm. it's art or you know any other topic that Maybe they just, since they've been left school, they haven't had time to, like, learn something new and really dive deep into a subject. I think that there's so much out there, so many opportunities to, you know, grow and learn at this time. So Yeah, I mean, if we have that free time, and, you know, you mentioned that, like, a lot of organizations are now putting things up online for free that they wouldn't ordinarily, you know, have for free or, mm-hmm. you know, have that we wouldn't have access to without having like some sort of a paid account or whatever, that it gives us sort of the opportunity to like explore in a way that we wouldn't before. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of people are probably pretty bored. I mean, my life really hasn't changed much yet, but I am anticipating some changes here in the next couple of weeks. And we uh, at the radio station have gotten some serious, um, uh, recommendate not even recommendations with there's some very high standards have been set to like how we have to operate number of guests in fact a couple of weeks ago i had the savannah art association in the studio and it was four guests and we've now been told that if we have a co-host we're only allowed to have one guest and if it's just us alone we can only have two so there's a maximum of three people in the studio at any any one time so like and that's kind of even before we've even had a single case of coronavirus in savannah so like I don't imagine that those restrictions are going to become less no, as yeah. time goes on, right? They're going to be more. Yeah. Um, I know some places have, like, um, and even our Savannah City Council, uh, at least one member has suggested doing, enacting a curfew. I mean, so there's just so much uncertainty right, right. now. It's so weird. It feels very strange. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> well, at least you've got Ujus to hang out with there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the cats. <laughs> Spend more time with the cats. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, look, you know, it's been interesting. I, I we're, we're kind of having this conversation about the present and the future, but I also just kind of wanted to, I haven't gotten a chance to talk to you since you had the Chroma exhibition, the mm-hmm. five-year anniversary yeah. exhibition uh, of 
Sulfur Studios. When congrats, first of all, congratulations you. to you. I, I I know I said that to you in person, but I'll yeah. say it again here live on the air. Um, we've just got a couple of minutes until our mid-show break, but let's delve into that a little bit. I mean, how did that whole show go? Because I thought it was a brilliant. I thought the exhibition looked great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, we just we knew we wanted to do something for five years. We hadn't had an anniversary anything since the second one. Um, because we've just been too busy doing things. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so it would mm-hmm. come around and we'd realize, oh, February's coming up. Should we have an anniversary show? And we're like, oh, we're too busy. So we did decide pe- this last fall. We're like, we definitely want to do something. we got to think about what it was. But again, I mean, we are busy. And we we didn't want to do anything that different than what we already do. We just wanted to kind of like acknowledge it's been five years and kind of look back and almost a little bit of a retrospective. So we just wanted to have a big show and a big party um, so we just look back at, you know, five years. We have people that we've showed with in year one, people that we showed with, you know, two months ago, and just trying to do a really wide range of media, you know, people still in Savannah, a few people that have left Savannah or that were part of the residency. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw know, some of the residency people there. Yeah, yeah, just trying to kind of, like, you know, and it, it was a hard to kind of choose, but we also just wanted to really make sure we had a really wide, you know, swath of what art is happening in Savannah and what we've worked with and what we've shown. Um, so, and it was interesting to put together because, you know, we had all media, we had all people working on so many different things to really put it together into an exhibition is always, you know, that I think is an art in itself, obviously. And it's it's hard until the work is in the room. You know, I have a certain plan. I've heard from people, this is what I'm bringing. This is what I'm bringing. But we didn't tell people what they had to do other than it had to be colorful. Right. Yeah. And so up to two weeks before the show, I didn't know exactly even what all was coming. Some people had told me, some people were still deciding. So it was um, interesting for sure. But I love that actually to get all the work in a room and decide how it's going to be displayed and thinking about that as an, you know, aesthetic choice in itself. Um, so yeah, it was really fun. And we had, um, you know, basically birthday cake and a reception and everyone came out and <laughs> yeah. it was, yeah, it was a fun night. Well, look, we're about at the halfway point of the show. So why don't we go ahead and take our mid show break here and we will continue our conversation with Jennifer Moss on the other side of these announcements. Again, you're listening to art on the air on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. We will be right back after these quick messages. Art on the Air is brought to you by Starlandia Supply. Located in the heart of the Starland District of Savannah at 2438 Bull Street. Starlandia Supply works to make art making more accessible to everyone by lowering the price of supplies through reclamation and trading. Starlandia helps customers recycle gently used art supplies and materials and also carries a fine selection of new materials including Winsor Newton, Liquitex, Faber-Castle, Montana spray paints, and Copics. Moreover, Starlandia Supply is the only locally owned art store in Savannah. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday from noon to 6 p.m. More information can be found on Facebook by searching Starlandia Supply or at StarlandiaSupply.com. Shop local. Shop Starlandia Supply. Welcome back into the studio. Again, my name was Rob Hussler, and my in-studio guest this week for Art on the Air is Jennifer Moss. Her exhibition, Marked 
Rusted Wovens is currently on view at the Cultural Arts Center Gallery here in Savannah. Wanted to mention again that at the end of this episode, we will be playing our Field Note interview with Ken Schlottweathers all about his new project at Green Truck Neighborhood Pub as part of the drive through Art Box. And I think you're really going to enjoy listening to that. This piece is really really cool light box with an external sculpture we've shared a piece of a picture of it on the art on the air facebook page but you can get a look at it uh in person if you head over to green truck and in fact you don't even have to get out of your car if you're worried about exposing yourself to people you can just drive right by it's a drive-through art box right jennifer i mean like it's you can literally drive through exactly so i guess that must have been and actually why don't we talk about that really quick jennifer because i know sulfur studios does the it's part of We'll talk about that. So you guys have art services, and I haven't really given a full explanation of what that is on the show before. So talk about the Sulphur Studios art services and what that means. Sure. So just as a general umbrella, we have art services where we can curate and install work in lots of different places. So we have a couple of ongoing satellite galleries we've been working with for a while, um, which is Sentient Bean, Starland Cafe. And for almost a year now, we've taken over the art box at Green Truck Pub. But we also have worked with private clients and just helping to select art for you know more private offices, private homes, and also installing um, artwork for people who you know need assistance with that. So that's something that you know we offer. Well, plus you guys do the installations at the Cultural Arts Center, right? Just through that. We right? have at times when they've needed us. I don't know. I think that with the new director and they have some new staff, I think they might actually be able to do that in house now. Okay. But we cool. have um, from time to time when they needed extra pairs of hands. Yeah, they've called. Yeah, shout out help. by the way to Antonia over mm-hmm. there at the yeah. Cultural. She's great. She used to have a spot here at Sulphur Studios, and she just got great energy. Just bringing some. I really like what she's doing in the. Like I just like her. She's just got a great personality, and um, I think that it's going to imprint itself on that space, and yeah, I think she's in done a really a good job positive so far, way. Yeah. yeah. So you do these shows at various satellite galleries, including the the drive through art box, and so Kench has did a show here at Sulphur yeah. Studios, and so obviously he you accept proposals for the drive through art box. Exactly. Yeah, we have on Sulphur's website. There's an opportunities tab, and it's just uh, it's ongoing. We're taking them on a rolling basis. But however people want to use that that box, I think it's really a fascinating way, you know, to to think about it. So. Inside the box, there's pegboard, so that there's lots of different ways you can make attachments. We've had people do, you know, fiber installations. We had people do, you can like wheat paste to the inside or the outside of kind of those acrylic doors. You know, we could do prints. We could do, you know, anything that's not going to be damaged by, you know, humidity and sunlight because it is outdoors. Yeah, it yeah. gets full direct sun in the morning, and you know, it's it's enclosed. Things aren't getting soaking wet, but it's very humid in there. You did a piece in there. Yeah, I did a piece, um, one of our, the second one we did just to kind of get some things started. And I was translating some of the weaving patterns that I work with into basically vinyl cut patterns and was putting those on the front door. So that's another thing that people could think about is just, you know, all kinds of ways to use, you know, it's basically a big rectangle that things can be inside of, they can be outside of. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the last one, Zoe Huddleston. We we talked with her on Art on the Air Mm -hmm. and it was really awesome to to see that and you're right i mean it's so different like going from zoe to kench like how different the possibilities are for that space right yeah and it's just another opportunity for people to show and it gets a lot of eyes on it obviously green truck is super popular so like anytime people are going there they're they're able to to see that and uh actually it would be a good time for me to mention that i did update for those of who are out there listening and you know there's uh there's a lot of time and opportunity to be in the studio now 
the WRUU.org, you go, if you go there and you go to the show archives, you just click on uh, schedule and then you click on Wednesday and you find art on the air there. I have updated all of the shows, all the recent shows, so you can listen all the way back to the first episode of the year, the Bobby Perry Awards, so you can kind of binge some art on the air while you're working in your studio during all this extra time that we have to work on that. So, But I want to talk a little bit more about the Savannah art community because we haven't really caught up with you in a while and we've been having a lot of discussions lately you know there's some progress towards a number of different initiatives here in town that's that make it feel like you know you guys are doing the art box for example that was started by matt hebermill was it not right yeah and he was basically the person that wrote the ordinance for doing murals here in savannah um he and dr z and so it's kind of a continuation of that but there's there's a lot of momentum towards you know potentially getting some art funding Arts on Waters just happens, which is going to be a regular thing. Uh, are spaces available that are provided by the city for local artists to use? And there's even an artist, there's even a stipend with that. You've been a part of that growth over the last five years with Sulphur Studios. So I want to talk a little bit about the art community and what you've seen happen. Because from my vantage point, I feel like, you know, what you guys took up with along with, what was that organization that Clinton was doing art rise art rise that really started to transform this area and i feel like now you go around i mean there's all these great restaurants there's all this stuff i don't think that there's it's a coincidence that those two things have happened so let's just talk about like the art community and and its growth over the last couple of years because i've really seen a lot you just finished up five years at sulfur studios you're also an artist who's doing stuff in town let's talk about the last five years but let's also talk about where is it going because it feels like things are as Jerome Meadows says, we're almost at a tipping point, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. But we're always sort of almost at a tipping yeah, point. Yeah, I think it's like we're just getting so much closer to that tipping point. We're just <laughs> getting there. It's, you know, I don't know. I think it's interesting that I do, I do feel like there are arts are more visible, possibly, and, and arts outside of, you know, the college. Um, because... I know when I was finishing up my degree, it was kind of felt like, oh, everyone, you know, you come to school here, but then you leave and you're going to L.A., you're going to New York, you're going to, you know, wherever the next thing is. Um, but I've been feeling more and more that there is there are, is more of a community. There's more people staying. There's more places for people to be able to work and share their work. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was here for school, I was just so surprised that there wasn't a building full of artists, you know, that's something that right. no matter where I've lived, you know, from small town in Michigan or Pittsburgh or Chicago, or, you know, there's always these buildings full of artists where people have shared studios and, you know, are putting on shows and are doing things like that. And, and there were, you know, I think a few things that would kind of pop up for a year or two and disappear, but they didn't have that public kind of gallery side as well. Um, so that was something that when I was leaving school, I was like, well, why doesn't Savannah have that? And, you know, then which the question led to, you know, sulfur starting. So there's like, um, so, so that led to, uh, there's an abandoned building. Jennifer's <laughs> going to put a studio in here. It's too quiet. <laughs> yeah. I need, I need more people with me, you know? And so, and obviously sulfur grew from there, but it was also kind of, I think a proof of concept, you know, and mm -hmm. we were really fortunate to have a relationship with the building of this, uh, the owner of this building, um, who kind of allowed us to try something and it worked and you were able to grow to the point that now it's beneficial for both of us. Um, 
But yeah, and then after that, like all the, a lot of other places have been able to open and each have their own take on it, which I think is great. But, you know, th- we've got the stables. I think they're doing really awesome work. And Cedar House Gallery is doing really awesome work, mm-hmm. too. Drawing room, too, right. which is the same owners as Cedar House, actually. Yeah, so. and it's, you know, and all these places are, you know, full and active, you know. Yeah. And it's like that five years ago, none of them existed. But now, you know, at, we're all here and, you know, doing our own things and... I think that's really amazing. And I think it's kind of, you you need the spaces for the artists, you need the artists for the spaces. And it's kind of like got to a point where it was probably just the right time that we were able to, to do it and kind of prove that this would work. And, you know, it makes people want to stay. It makes people want to be active in the community. It makes people want to show in Savannah and, you know, participate. Um, in, well, let me provide a counter argument yeah. to your rosy picture. Yeah. So <laughs> I agree. I think that, First Fridays, and even not First Fridays. I mean, mm-hmm. like, Fridays, Saturdays, whenever there's stuff going on. Like, for just as an example, I know, like, you guys have been doing um, some workshops with Pat Gunn. Awesome events, from, from, what I under, from what I've been hearing from people who have attended those. Uh, artist talks that have been happening, you know, during the day here at Sulphur. Events happening at, you know, you mentioned cedar i mean like i think the stable stables is a great example because it's like way out there and mm-hmm. yet they're having great attendance yeah. at their events that they're doing there all this is awesome but then i look at an example a specific example of an exhibition that was tremendous the reclaimed exhibition which mm-hmm. you just recently had which had a bunch of artists a lot of really really good work but not a piece that was priced over a hundred dollars sold right and so we're in this place i feel like where the and that's not a re, uh, negative reflection on Sulphur Studios in any way. That's common. That's a thing that happens here. Where, and I went to the reception for Reclaimed, and it was packed. It was so crowded here. It's like you can't move. Packed. Mm-hmm. That kind of situation. And I think we have this. At this point, people embracing the notion of coming to an exhibition, and they'll go to dinner before they come to the exhibition and spend. X amount of dollars, and then they'll come to the exhibition and drink the wine and eat the cheese that Sulphur Studios provides. <laughs> yeah. Not buy any artwork, mm-hmm. and then they will go and get drinks afterwards, and they'll spend X amount of money. And there is this, I think that there's a almost like an educational thing that we're there's a a, a gap that we have yet to, to fill of people not just supporting by showing up, but people actually supporting by buying artwork. And yes, I can say this because I do buy artwork. <laughs> in fact, I bought a piece from the five-year anniversary right. show, the, the Chroma piece, and it wasn't an expensive thing, but the point is, is like, we need people to start supporting artists financially because it feels great to have a couple hundred people show up to your opening reception, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to come out on the other side losing money because right. you spent all of the time and energy putting together a show, which is not free to make. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true, and and I don't really have so much of a solution. We had a really strong summer and fall with sales here at Sulphur, actually, and um, I feel like this time of year is always yeah tough. you know tough. I mean, until when you know it's after holidays, people don't have you know their tax returns yet, and and who knows? Obviously, with everything that's being shut down, and so many people who are really going to have to tighten their belts, yeah, especially you know? now. And so it's it's really hard to say, um, you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's How do hard. we solve that problem? Because I've, I've talked, I've talked to everybody about this and it's like, there isn't, you know, you, there's different models, there's different ways of doing things. And I, 
But how do we educate people? Like, okay, and I've said this on the show before, but I'm going to say it again. I have an awesome art collection. I had, and I'm not rich. Mm-hmm. I'm as middle class as it comes. Like, you know, we're we're Gretchen and I, my wife and I, we just buy somewhat like what we can afford from local artists in Savannah that we like. And if you come in my house, it's awesome. There's like Tiffany O'Brien, and we've got like pieces by you and Ujis, and and you know all these art local artists that we that we just you know, love their work and our house is, it's awesome. It's beautiful. And like my experience of enjoying them does not diminish. It actually increases. Like I just love them. It makes me feel not only happy to be in my house, but it makes me like feel connected to those artists. And how do we convince people that it's okay to spend $200 on a piece of artwork, $300 on a piece of artwork, just as much as it's okay to spend a thousand dollars on the new iPad, like that's the heart. It's so hard to have yeah. that debate with people, right? Yeah, because right, because it's not gonna go become obsolete, right? <laughs> right? It yeah. doesn't become obsolete. Yeah, you'll have that for you know as long as you want to have it. I was having a lunch with this guy one time, a friend of mine, and and I was doing a fundraiser for a project, and I was selling these prints as part of the fundraiser for ten dollars. So like, I mean, you know pretty minimal price it was just and I, I wasn't really trying to make money off the prints I was just like giving people an an easy way to make a donation and, and you know whatever maybe he doesn't like my work or whatever and he just didn't want to support it but he's like unfortunately I just can't I just can't afford to you know right now I'm really you know whatever and you know let's not judge the fact that we're at lunch and whatever amount of money he's spending at lunch whatever we all got to eat but as soon as we were done with that conversation of why he couldn't do that, he literally started talking to me about his new iPad. Like, literally, the conversation went from, I cannot do t- donate $10 to your thing, to here is my new iPad I'm so excited about. And I'm not mad at him about it, but that's, like, real. That's, like, a real block, I think, that happens in people's minds. It's, like, so hard to get around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes when we have things that are set up as sales... You know, like when we do the White Elephant and it's an affordable art show, but, you know, everything in that show is under 200. We've been selling at that, you know, the first year we did it, everything was under 100. And then we then we raised it because we're like, no, that's too low. We need more of a range. This last year, most of the pieces that sold were between one and two hundred dollars. We've been selling fewer pieces, but more expensive. Um, When things are set up, I think, as a sale, you know, when we have panhandle here every couple of years you know and it's like people are like oh i'm going there to buy and i don't know if we just need to almost like i think as artists and i fall into this very much myself we're almost afraid to like have say the first thing that this exhibition is is a sale you know like how do you kind of term it put in those terms for people who know that they're coming like the work is for sale the whole point of this is to sell the work you know I'm not sure. And how it's, do we feel okay with that too? Because yeah. it almost feels like right. I feel I feel kind of gross about it, but I shouldn't because it's the whole point. But but we always put it in terms of you know the exhibition, how we're showing the work, and how you know it fits in the space, and you know all of these things. When it's like, and it's for sale. It's like, no, it's for sale. And in order to sell it, I've made this really beautiful presentation for you to come in and feel comfortable and want to be here and want to love this work. Well said, actually. You know, but it's like, but it is. I, I don't feel comfortable with that. I should. I feel more comfortable doing that for other people, you know, like we do at Sulphur, but for my own work, you know, and it's like, why? I don't, I don't know. But 
Yeah, I, I mean, why artists... urge people to buy work all the time? That's yeah. like, we're having this conversation on the radio right now. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I urge people to do it all the time. It's really interesting, and it's a topic, I think. But I think you might have hit on something, because mm-hmm. I was thinking about one of the most successful exhibitions last year as far as sales goes was the fundraiser for WRU 300 and under Mm -hmm. at Location Gallery. And, you know, I don't want to get into the numbers specifically as to how much money that raised for the station, but it was a lot. And it was, that was because there were a lot of sales and people went there to buy artwork. It was a fundraiser, but of course the artists make 50%. So it was like very lucrative for the artists and it was very much framed as a opportunity to buy. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, and then it's, but then it's like, what's the balance is like, how important is it to you as an artist to frame it as this is here to buy, or this is like my vision and my, you know, it's like, where's the balance between those two things? And I think for, for some artists it's, it's, it's easier and for some it's not. And I think that's what we all have to work on. Well, I'm way overdue on saying that you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Sound News Community Radio with Global Soul. I am Rob Hester, and my in-studio guest this week is Jennifer Moss. Her exhibition, Mark Rusted Wovens, is on view now at the New Cultural Arts Center Gallery. We're going to now move to our last segment, Three Big Questions. And now it's time for Three Big Questions with your host, Rob Hessler. All right, so Jennifer, we're going to have now a couple of questions here. Three questions, actually, that are supposed to be a little bit more fun. And we have just about five minutes, so we're going to see what we can do here. What is a medium that you've never tried but would like to try? Interesting. Um, you know, so one medium that I've always actually not loved is glass. Mm. And I think it's because it's so kind of an opposite pole from how, you know, one of the things I love about fiber is how tactile it is and texture and, and all these things. And so I've, I've noticed this about myself, you know, when I go to kind of like bigger, you know, craft exhibitions, I, I was like glass. Oh, I don't know about that. But then I have seen really beautiful, you know, works with cast glass and doing different, you know, sandblasting and things like that. And I think it might be interesting to kind of force myself a little bit to try something with mm. glass and see what I could do and see how I could bring that into what I'm doing. I love that because, you know, you are so steeped in your fiber arts and I, you know, and I totally get this as an artist myself and I'm sure our listeners do too. It's like you get into doing your thing that it becomes much more difficult to find the time to do the exploration that we right. would normally just do because it's like, you know, you're doing commissions, you've got a show, and there's kind of like you only have the time to do the thing that you are committed to. Yeah. And so um, I would love to see you do some glass <laughs> works. All right, so here's another question. What is your favorite, you know, we talked a lot about what you do at Sulphur Studios and, and the shows that you you work on what is your favorite thing about being a curator as well as an artist mm. i mean i love working with other artists obviously and spending time kind of looking at their work and seeing connections and i think that that's where i think just in general creativity comes from like seeing connections where maybe someone else wouldn't see them um and so the creativity that comes from curating is you know knowing all these artists kind of knowing what their work is and starting to think like 
oh, what if these two kind of bodies of work were shown together? What if I brought these, you know, people together? Um, you know, and I love, obviously, when we have a successful show and we do have the sales and we do have the attendance and I, you know, I go home and I'm like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> you know, that I'm like, I just made that artist a thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. You know, like, like that actually is such a, like, great feeling for, you know, just one, one of the reasons why we still are doing what we're doing. I totally yeah. get that. I mean, you know, my... I, I've found that I, I, you know, writing for Duke Savannah and doing this radio show, like how much I love doing this. I never would have, it was just, who knew? But I love like being able to help other artists. It mm -hmm. feels so freaking good. Like to just know you've like made, you've helped somebody, yeah. you know, with their, with what they're doing. So anyway, so here is our final question for three big questions. Do you prefer Ujis with a beard or without? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he knows this. I prefer him with. <laughs> beard. His beard um, is back now. His beard is back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've just always enjoyed him with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> still love him without, but, but yeah. And we're talking yeah. of course about who just Berzine's the artist in town and, um, and Jennifer's <laughs> partner who is, uh, and he's a terrific artist and, um, Future Landfill Presses, you can, if you want to find out more about Ujis. Well, Jennifer, that's all the time that we've got for this week's episode of Art on the Air. we got to get to our field note with Ken Schlott Weathers. But thank you so much for, for coming on the show yes. today. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. All right, so now we're going to move to the end. We're going to get to our field note here with Ken Schlott Weathers. As I mentioned before, he has the his piece is up right now over at Green Truck Neighborhood Pub as part of the drive through art box. And he's going to tell you all about it. I think you're really going to enjoy that. Not quite sure what's going to be going on next week with the show. Kind of working on that right now as we speak. So we will see. But, you know, look forward to something being in this slot from 3 to 4 p.m. if you're listening to the live show. Again, thanks, Jennifer Moss, for being on the show today. Thanks. And thank you, Ken Schlott Weathers, for doing this field note. We will talk to you again next week. Rob Hessler here with... Kench Lot Weathers over at Green Truck Pub, where he is the latest artist to exhibit his work in the drive-thru art box. Kench, pronounce the title for me, would you? De existence. And that's another German word. So talk <laughs> about your title choice here, because this is some a theme right. that's been with your work. Right. So this this uh, translates to the uh, existence or pure existence in German. When I was, you know, writing the proposal, all that. Jennifer from Sulphur, she said, uh, you know, it doesn't have to have some solid concept or hard concept. Like, it can things can just look cool. Things can just exist and be at be at one with the world, be at peace. And it was also around the time when we were about to go or possibly about to go to war with Iran. And I was in. And sometimes there's not a peace process. Sometimes things can just exist and be at peace with the world so you know in in the statement one of the last sentences be aware be mindful illuminate just exist let's right. take a step to what are we looking at here because okay one of the things i love and i've been following your work you've got a light box you've yeah. got a sculpture that's protruding right. from the drive through art box right we showed a picture of this on the art on the air facebook page but what i've done is taken aesthetics that i was using maybe three or four years ago in grad school and before I just started doing hard geometric shapes, I was doing this curvature. And I wanted to not make the sculpture, sculptural piece installation separate from the structure. I wanted the to be a, box, right, right yeah. the art box. I wanted to be uh, a part of it. I, the light box or whatever you want to call it 
is painted white. It's a kind of a gloss white. And when I, and I, so I painted the structure um, a flat white, and that would be the only contrast. Uh, I wanted it to be definitely be a part of it. And also, I took tracing paper and put it in between behind the, this window, uh, the glass. So check this right, out. Yeah. I'm just gonna say this from a viewing standpoint. Yeah. So like your sculpture, yeah. while geometric, it's it's right. very. And you talk about being natural, like it's w almost web-like to me, right? Right. And the tracing paper in the box reminds me of like, like, um, like really, really fine, like spider webbing. Mm -hmm. To me, even though there's wide gaps between each of the various posts on the webbing kind of stuff I'm talking about on the metal part of the sculpture, mm -hmm. and there is essentially no space between the webbing pieces on the background that you use the tracing paper. To me, mm -hmm. there is sort of a, a textural consistency there. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like macro and micro when I look at it. Okay. I, mean, I okay. don't know if you're thinking okay. like that, but I, I see that to me. subconsciously I might have. That's interesting. What I did, initially I wanted to, I was possibly going to get like a, a fluorescent bulb. Um, this is about seven feet. I was going to get a six foot fluorescent bulb put it inside and have kind of that Dan Flavin look inside but I thought it might be too much so you already have this you know all this structural stuff going on and then I felt like you know inside it, it would have been maybe a bit too much okay. um, so what I did was somebody suggested maybe rice paper and I already had a whole roll of tracing paper I was like okay well it's gonna illuminate anyway let me just put this over and see how it looks at night and it and I think it looks good. You know, know what I'm saying? Well, let me. That's so. What's so? What's interesting too is the difference between night and day. So the right. I haven't seen this in person at night, but I've seen the image of it at mm -hmm. night, and the lights that are in the box are very warm tone, and it has a certain feel. Right. We're here. It's about two o'clock in the afternoon. It's an overcast day, so there's mm -hmm. just kind of this flat light. Right. And it's white on white. And this mm -hmm. is about as cool tone as you can get. It's a cooler day too, mm -hmm. and it's just so, so interesting the difference between the sculpture, uh, like seeing it during the day, during the night. So what I'm telling mm -hmm. you is that listeners need to come here for lunch and they need to come and here for dinner. Dinner, yeah, yeah. Two sides of the coin almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so dur during the day, I wanted I wanted the emphasis on shadows, um, and, and what I've uh, come to see too is so there's a bit of an overcast and then you can also see the reflection yeah the there. reflection and, and i wasn't even that wasn't even my intention but it, it it turned out nicely i think um and then obviously at night as we we said that the illuminates and and all that and um well cool so now yeah. this sculpture is going to be up here for a couple of months right i hope so it's supposed to be up for a month but i might get it extended well, we'll see what the situation as it is. You never know. But yeah, um, Ken Schlott Weathers, again, the, just, just say the name of the piece again. The Existence. Okay, very cool. <laughs> it's down at that Green Truck Neighborhood Pub, the art box there. It's in the parking lot. It's a, This project's been going on for a long time. It's a really cool project. Thank you so I'll, much for being I'll on. I'll do another shout-out. Read In Praise of Shadows. It's by a Japanese, a Japanese samurai. It's really good. Oh, man, that sounds cool. Well, we're yeah. going to have you in the studio at some point, and we're going to okay. talk a lot more about awesome. that. So. All right, thanks, Kench. Appreciate it. All right, have a good one. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at wruu.org. 
And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.